Hey everybody, welcome to Dumb Thick, where you're dumb and we're thick. On today's episode, we're going to be saving Christmas. Let's roll the intro. Hey, I'm Tell, recording from Auburn, Alabama. Hey, this is Grayson, recording from Florence, Alabama. And I'm Ben, recording from Decatur, Alabama. This is the first time I think we've done the podcast, at least with this new intro stuff that I will be recording uh, from Decatur, so that's fun. We are all kind of in, you know, weird setups, except for Tell. Tell is still at the time, but me and Grayson, I think, are going through a little weird setups. Grayson's in his living room with his nice uh, Christmas tree. A uh, little, uh, you know, scenery going yeah, on. Dude, since I, we're I love the about- little fireplace on the TV you've got going on. Yeah, yeah well, that's clever. Since we're talking about Christmas today, I thought it might be appropriate. So, so to fill y'all in on what we're doing, we are talking about the worst Christmas movie that we could find. This is a movie that had 0% on Rotten Tomatoes. I basically Googled worst Christmas movie ever. This is one of the top that was on the list. And it is Kirk Cameron's Saving Christmas and it is quite the movie, but there's a twist with this podcast. It's what we're calling movie mafia. So one of us, we're reviewing this podcast. One of us has not seen the movie and we're only going to review, reveal who that person is at the end of the podcast. So the listeners and also the us, we don't know who the mafia is. So we're just going to go through this process and you get to play along at home, try to figure out who hasn't seen the movie, who's a little sus, you know. Uh, how are you guys feeling about everything? You think it's going to be a good idea? Yeah, I, I think it's going to be fun. Uh, just not, I mean, just between us, like just not knowing which one hasn't seen it. And, you know, knowing, like, if I have seen it or if I have not seen it, you know, like, just, I think it's going to be fun, (laughs) just discussing. And I also think it's a fun idea because, you know, it's a bad Christmas movie. And maybe somebody is like, do I really want to listen to the bad Christmas movie podcast? Maybe, but this adds another layer to it. Like, like, I want to find out. I have to watch to the end. So with all that being said, I think let's just go ahead and jump into the movie do one of you guys want to give us a, a, we'll go deep into it. Does anybody want to give like a synopsis of what the movie's about? What do you think it'll tell? Um, either well, I mean, yeah, I can, I can, I can give the synopsis. So right, we'll, let, we'll let you go first. So what it is, it's Kirk Cameron starring himself and his family, but it's kind of a fictional family. Um, because like the the directors, his brother-in-law and stuff, but so what happens is they're at the they're at this Christmas party, and his brother-in-law isn't there, and he's like, "Hey, where is he?" And it's at the brother-in-law's house, and so they're like, "What's going on?" And so turns out his brother-in-law is just chilling out in the driveway, and so Kurt Cameron goes over there, and he's like, "Hey, man, what's going on?" Oh, it's also funny because this dude, this dude's name is Christian. And then Christian is like, oh, Christmas isn't about Christianity anymore. Like, we've lost sight of it. And then so, then Kirk goes into like, oh, you know, he explains like all the different points. And, you know, I think we're going to get into those points because that's the whole movie is just like, they have a conversation about what about this? And then they, Kirk explains it matter of factly and that's it. It's kind of, to me, it was kind of like, um... You guys know those Sonic commercials of the two guys sitting in the car and yes, they make these awkward That's jokes? exactly it what was, it is. That it was it was an hour and a half of that. Dude, that's funny that you would point that and, out cuz that 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 is kind of the vibe I got. Yeah, because uh, it's it's like they're making awkward jokes like partially part of the way through it and it's just like none of the jokes hit anything. It was just like you know, those Sonic things <laughs> Just to me, were like they're no good. So it reminded me a lot of that. <laughs> yeah, and you know, it, it's it's about an hour twenty minute or something like that. An hour twenty minutes long, and I was sitting there about the the fifty minute mark, and that's it. Clicked then that I was like seventy five percent of this movie has been in a car. Yeah, like like me and you guys could make this movie. Yeah, like oh, it I'm, is incredibly. Dude, simple. I'm convinced that that they shot that movie like over a weekend like they didn't there oh yeah for sure <laughs> you know it was like i feel like they didn't even take 
multiple takes a lot of the times. They just kind of rolled the camera and went with it. Well, and another thing, for those of you, first of all, for those of you listening, if you decide to watch this movie, which maybe you should, maybe you don't, I kind of lean towards like, like I think you should kind of watch it. It was it was cute. It had some cute moments, yeah, but I mean, it's also very bad. Especially if you're like into, so the whole, the whole thing for me was like, it was secular Christmas versus like religious Christmas, you know, like why do we celebrate what we celebrate? And then also like the symbolism of what we celebrate. So it was, you know, it was kind of along the lines of, um, you know, just like one sided. Cause you know, Kirk Cameron the whole time was like, well, you know, all of these things that you're seeing is secular, you know, point to the real reason for the season kind of thing. Um, so that right. was the only thing that kept me going because honestly, like, you know, the production quality and, and, you know, you can get into all those things, which is probably the reason why it was rated so low. But as far as like the content goes, I don't think it was the worst because living in the South, you know, being conservative and Christian, like the, the message came through pretty clear it was just like the way it was presented that made it feel you know like like you said you know why it was rated so low and so and i believe um, i believe it was also it was also uh done by like a college so it wasn't like a film company decided to do it it was like liberty university yeah Yeah, at the beginning i googled that project yeah so i think it it said liberty union presents and i was like what's that so i googled liberty union and it's a college but i don't know how they did that i I I think it was probably just like a film project for like a you know like a christian film project like you need to have kirk cameron i i was under the impression that it was like he was in that then the director's like he was the well, one with the money because he was the executive producer. So all he needed to do was find somebody that was willing to carry out his means because he had the money to do and it. And I also you know think I mean? he's got some uh, ties to it, it, to this college. Because when I Googled Kirk Cameron uh, and that university, he had this, like spoken at their con- commencement speech and stuff like that. So he's got uh, some kind of ties there. Um, one thing that I wanted to take note of is that we all watch this on YouTube. It's free on YouTube. So if you do want to watch it, we'll go through it. We'll step through it. So maybe watch it before you do it. Get your own opinion. Come back with us. It is quite the movie, but it's free on YouTube. Like I said, and it just feels like, like it's a YouTube video. (laughs) more than definitely. You know what I mean? Like it belongs on YouTube. It definitely is a YouTube. But this thing released in movie theaters in 2014, this came out in movie theaters and I couldn't imagine staying and sitting through this whole movie. Yeah. Honestly, if I paid money for this, I'd be like, can I go next door and pay f- and get my yeah. money's worth for a better movie? Um, but I want to go through the movie. So I took notes as I watched, or maybe I didn't watch, you know, who knows, but, uh, I took notes. So I want to step us through some of the different, uh, segments and we can, we can process our way through. So the first, I want to talk about the first scene because it was really confusing to me and I knew it was going to be, it, it, it opens up and it's Kirk Cameron sitting in front of a Christmas tree yeah. and it's just him talking. And I was confused by like, if this was part of the movie or not, or if that was some kind of just like prelude thing. Cause it was it, his whole like first monologue was, it was very preachy and it wasn't even preachy. Like God's great. It was like, it was just like weird i don't know and uh it's just the thing i knew this was gonna be a bad movie with bad writing when the whole first part the the first like like two minutes was him saying i love this and i love that and i love this and he said i love a million times i mean and like imagine sending an email and saying that that's not proper grammar like you can't say the same word over and over again yeah see i kind of liked not to say that i liked that part but you know how like the old Christmas movies, like they have that intro of like, normally they have like a famous guy be like, and now we're going to watch this where this happens. <laughs> and they're always sitting in front yeah. of the fireplace. Um, but I mean, like it was dragged on for a while. Yeah, but the, I think it went the, on too long. One of the things in that scene was he's wearing a red sweater, sitting on a red chair, drinking cocoa from a red cup. And it was just red, like a yes. blob of red right there. I Did thought you, so yeah. too. And yes. I was like, I also the got the vibe that there was nothing in that cup. 
I don't think he was pretending to sip hot chocolate. Yeah, I do. I just I don't think no. That was it was real, all a prop. Really and it, but it was. I think. Like, I think I anytime in the movie, anytime in the movie, they had a red and white cup. I don't think anything was in it. Because there were several yeah. times they were sipping, and I don't think they were sipping. <laughs> but that just so, goes back to that like production quality. You know why? Why it might have been rated lower than you know. So then it it goes it goes to this first part and I'm like okay this is a weird beginning it cuts away and it does this cinematic little thing with his voiceover and there's a lot of voiceover in this movie it's kind of like he's Ryan Reynolds in Deadpool except his voiceover narration stuff like doesn't add anything to the movie like you're watching Deadpool you're getting some laughs in you're like furthering the story when he narrates that's not the case when Kirk Cameron is is talking in this. It's very much just like explaining what we clearly can see for the most part, you know? But, you know, it was okay. And then we went to a uh and then we set up like we said the 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 premise of the movie. His brother named Christian, who is the director, we said that interesting dynamics. I feel like shooting the movie, that's a little weird. Um, right. He sees Christmas as it, it's phony and it's all about consumerism. And uh, the way they did this was so funny because they had him saying this and then they cut to like evil music in the background and then like everybody's having fun, but then it slows down and everybody's having fun in slow motion. So that's just really, oh man, they must be miserable. And it, I don't know. It was a very weird way to convey like these people are not having a yeah. good time you know well i didn't like some of the the camera shots were just weird to me like they were constantly like showing things i don't know if it's in the foreground but it was like you know like they'll put the like they had a shot of like the railings of the stairs and they were behind the stairs looking through the railings looking at people and it's just like that's annoying to me you know yeah so i don't understand thoughts of those so choices. far Grayson, what'd you say? I'm sorry. Say thoughts. <laughs> what are your thoughts? Like thoughts so far. So far? We're, we're trying to figure out if you've if you've seen it. You got to keep up. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm just trying to not give too much away, but give enough away. You know what I mean? We're playing the game here. I think like the biggest thing for me was I appreciated the message. Okay, like overall the theme of the movie, I appreciated that like that. That the that the whole like overarching message was that Christmas, yes, has been commercialized. Yes, there have been a lot of ways that we have um created symbols and created things that uh make us happy, but at the same time a lot of those things were created because of of a of a reason, you know, and like for me, Christmas is the older I get, it becomes more enjoyable because of the reason for the season, you know, like being a Christian and all, like the fact that God came as a baby boy in the simplest form possible is is a very powerful, you know, thing and it becomes more and more impactful for me as I get older, I guess. Um and so just like seeing that connected with the commercialism, which I also enjoy. I enjoy watching the Christmas movies. I enjoy putting up like the lights and the Christmas tree and like I have a real fireplace here that has no firewood in it, but like the fake fireplace on, you know, the TV. So like, I like all those things that like make us feel happy. So to me, honestly, like the movie wasn't the worst thing in the world because the message behind it was something I could get behind. But like, I mean, tell mentioned the camp, some of the camera shots, like, and just the production quality overall. Um, and like the writing was good, but it was just, it was as if it wasn't put through enough people's, like, you know, it wasn't put in front well, of enough I people wonder, to be, like, you know, more professional, yeah, you it know? it wasn't polished to just, at all. It, polished. I polished wonder if it I'm was actually for. written, was there a script, or was there just an outline, and then they well, kind of went there in had, with the outline? There had to be, there had to be research done with all the St. Nicholas stuff, you know? Oh, you yeah, know? yeah. I, so, I'm like, sure. I don't, right, but that's... But, but that's that's voiceover. You you right. do the voiceover you're right. stuff. You're right. After the fact, I, I I think that there was an outline, and that they just kind of changed the dialogue. You know, just to try to seem more natural, but it made it almost less natural a lot of the times. You know, yeah. and I think like yeah. you know, I don't know, like 
there was, you know, some of those people at the party, now that you say that was a university, like, I could see those being, like, the people who worked on the film. Yeah, for, for because, sure. Yeah, because they didn't seem like yeah. actors. You know what like, I'm saying? Well, yeah, exactly. They seem like Christians. <laughs> and <laughs> Well, and the end credit was really classic. I was watching the end credits, and then there's a whole list of Camerons, because I'm pretty sure it's just a bunch of Kirk Cameron's little, like, oh, yeah. aunt, oh, cousins yeah, for sure. and, like, well, nieces and nephews like and stuff. He was, like, the executive and, producer, so, like, the money was coming from his pocket, you know, so he could do whatever he want, and the message was, like, primarily the theme came from his dialogue, you know? So it was definitely, yeah. like, a Kirk, a, like, right. a, what was it, like, it, it put it in the movie. It was like Kirk Fam or something like that is his production company or whatever. So, yeah. mm-hmm. but, but that being said, you know, so like I moving, enjoy Kirk Cameron. I think he's got a great heart. I just don't know that the you know you can have a really good story and a really good message and all you know all that going for you, but the production value just does not carry the message through enough that it gets the message out you know just especially nowadays where everything is so like you know so much is available to us that like we need more to keep us entertained to keep us attached to keep us like recommending it to other people and i don't think that this movie had that you know let's move on to a uh another little segment so we set up you know he doesn't like christmas blah 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 they try to throw in these little funny bits and the the first little inkling of these funny bits that were done really poorly was when that co-worker comes in and and it's it's christian in a room by himself his whole family's having a good time christian's in a room by himself then a co-worker comes up and, and wants to talk to him about an email and it's just a bunch of nonsense of him talking about things i couldn't for the life of you tell me what he was saying and it, I'm sure it was like stuff that you could have followed, but it was so boring to me that I, I don't know. They were trying to put me in Christian shoes or something because then they did the thing where it cut to silence and it was just like Christmas music playing in the background. Um, and my issue with that is they held on to those things a lot longer. So the guy was talking about nonsense for the length of time that you were like sitting there like, okay, move on. I don't care. And then, <laughs> There was silence to the music, like no one was talking. It was just him talking to nothing, like in emptiness for a long time. And you're like, okay, move on. And there's just a lot of stuff like that in the movie where it's like, uh, okay, like, can we, can we move on the story? Like we still got an hour left in this, this movie. Like I want to get it over with, you know, it's just bizarre. Yeah. Well, like Grayson was saying about how he likes the message and you know, I can get behind, like, let's try to, you know, make connections between what we do, you know, in the materialistic Christmas or the commercialized Christmas versus the religious Christmas. But some of the arguments that Kirk was making were just, like, bizarre. You know, some, like, for for the, he said for the Christmas tree, all right, so once... Once they are out in the car, actually, so past the email situation, or they're in the car, and they're talking about the tree, and Kirk says that the the Christmas tree was God's idea because God made Christmas trees. And it's like, well, you could say that about anything. Yeah, you know? I, was, I was very weirded out. I, I want to go by these... Uh, these these categories and get our thoughts like step by step so let me just get us there uh okay so the combo with kirk and uh christian in the car was weird it's another example of the bad acting there's a lot of dead air and they're like thinking and it's like they were coming up with the lines as they were sitting there in the car and it's just bad acting at least on the 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 christian characters Um, i'm gonna say but especially christian side like he, he his yeah. reaction to, yeah. oh, well, you know, I didn't see it that way. Like, people aren't going to react that way realistically. You know, it's going to be more of a, you know, like, oh, well, you know, I, yeah. you know, I see that that way. But, you know, yeah, this there, is there how I no feel. argument. It was like, Ex- he would exactly. bring up something, Kirk would, would give the answer, and he would immediately accept it. Exactly. Every time, you know? And then they move on to the next topic. So, basically... 
God is like, or not God, God's not like that. Christian is like, uh, you know, think of all the good that we could do if instead of doing Christmas stuff right now, we went and we build wells in Africa and we did all this great stuff. And, you know, we didn't worry about Christmas. And then Kirk Cameron is like, yeah, you're wrong. Like everything you're saying is wrong. Let me tell you why. And so then we go into the cinematic scenes are always the stuff that's like, like the message that they're trying to convey, right? The first one we get, uh, sure. Kirk tries to convince Christmas uh, Christian the picture of his birth. He he wants him to picture, close your eyes, think of, of where Jesus was born. And he compares the birth and death of Jesus. And he says the swaddle cloth that's on the baby and the cloth left in the empty tomb is is comparable and then also says that the government wanted to kill jesus when he was born because all the babies were supposed to be dead like there were you know if babies were not supposed to be alive uh, you know kill jesus jesus was born to die and the message is that jesus was born to die but his purpose was to die on the cross yeah and that is the moment, you know, they come out of that and Christian's like, oh my gosh. So what did we think about this first cinematic scene? Well, I thought the, you know, like maybe the connection that they made between the swaddling clothes being the like burial shroud that he has on just seemed so like maybe that is supposed to be what it was. But, you know, like I feel like that, I don't think there's any evidence of that i think that's just like kirk cameron just being like hey this could be it because to me this waddling clothes thing is just like hey god is a literal baby right now and he needs protection in the form of clothing because he's fully human you know i don't think it's anything more than that i mean maybe it is but i don't think that's an important issue the the bigger deal was the the location that they made. So I don't think that the cloth was was the huge deal. It was the fact that that you know a lot of the times we think of Jesus, you know, they were looking for an inn and they couldn't find room for an inn, you know, the the classic story of Jesus. And so they ended up, you know, in a in a barn, in a stable. And um the, the way they painted it was more of in a cave. And you know, yeah. like and I think that meant more than the actual cloth itself. Yeah. As far as the well, foreshadowing, yeah, they had, like, actual Jesus, like on it was, it wasn't in the manger. You know, it seemed like he was just sitting on a rock in that little scene. Yeah. But I think, as far as connecting that with the commercialism of Christmas, was was really just a starting point. It didn't really, it didn't really make a, a huge like, you know, debate towards hey, you know, all I see is the kids having fun. All I see is the Christmas tree. All I see is all these external things that aren't pointing to the tiny little snow globe of the nativity that we have in the corner, which is the real reason for the season. Yeah. Um, so then moving on from that, it cuts from that. They do this thing where this like cinematic message thing, then it cuts away to a, a funny thing, a quote unquote funny thing that doesn't really hit well. And then they go back to cinematic and they go back and forth. So I just, this was the worst scene in the entire film. We cut away from the, the cinematic, the message stuff, and we go into, it, it cuts to the scene where the, the same guy that was talking about emails earlier is in the corner with a bald dude next to the Christmas tree. And they're talking about some kind of conspiracy thing. And we love conspiracy like, We got to do something. Yeah. We, we love conspiracy theories on this podcast. Like, we stand this, but they do it in the weirdest way where they're like, you know what we have to do. And they cover their mouths with their mugs. And then... They like the guy in the background is supposed to be talking, but he clearly isn't. He's voicing over whatever. And then so he's acting out like like so it's him covering his mouth. And then like you can tell he's not saying what he's saying on the voiceover. And so it's just such a weird thing to do. I couldn't catch all the conspiracies that they said, but it was something about fluoride and water and something about honey. And it was such a stupid. It didn't add anything there was no storyline yeah. to that it was bizarre no significance it was just i yeah, it was like i think try, it was supposed it to was be trying just, to know, be comedic and it was yeah like, it was trying to be comedic effect yeah. yeah exactly like like the humor relief whatever you want to call that what, what's the proper term you know when comedic things are so relief, yeah. yeah comedic relief yeah comedic relief yeah so um so 
Tell you, you mentioned it a little bit earlier, then we go on to yeah. the tree thing. Set that up for us. Well, so, you know, then they're talking about the tree. And, you know, so then Kirk has to have his, you know, his explanation for the tree. And so he's like, oh, well, God created the tree. So therefore God invented the Christmas tree. And it's like, okay, I guess. And then he tries to make the connection that the tree is the cross and the tree represents the cross. And, you know, like, yes, the cross is made of wood and they used to hang or they used to crucify people on trees and such like that. But I just I I thought that was another stretch again to me. I don't know. For me, I thought that was less of a stretch because, you know, the Christmas tree to me has always been like a very like the centerpiece of Christmas as far as secular goes like if you if anything were to happen in your house that people were to question about christmas it'd be like why don't you have christmas a tree up you know it wouldn't be like why don't you have lights up why don't you have a wreath you know why don't you have signs up like it'd be why don't why like why in the world do you not have a christmas tree up on christmas but like i think the fact that they were like the connection between like the death of a tree you know like the death on a tree um and the gift that that was presented from that death on the tree and now we symbolize that through the giving of gifts under a tree that we don't ourselves have to um uh endure at least as far as the pain goes cuz to me it it looks you know you can see the tree as a painful thing or as a very joyful thing and i think the death of christ like enabled us to be able to experience the joy of the tree instead of like the bad things like, well, like Christ died on a piece of wood, you know, it might've been a dead piece of wood that didn't have the greenery that we, you know, we use today, but you know, that's the whole point is he died to give us life. So the live tree that we have now to, uh, represent the giving of gifts, which ultimately, symbolizes the greatest gift we were ever given through the means of a tree meant a lot to me. So to me, that was less superficial. I I felt like that was a more deep connection, you know. He compares um, Adam and Eve. He says Adam and Eve sinned. And so, you know, they took the whatever kind of fruit off of the tree of evil and they ate it. And so that was sin that created sin. Right. And the only they they said in the movie that the only way that we can, you know, right that wrong is by putting the fruit back on the tree. And how do you do that? Well, man already ate the tree from the tree. So you have to put man back on the tree. Right. That was that was basically what they said. That's. A stretch to me, it was kind of like and it also doesn't explain why Christmas trees are in our house. Maybe that that tells a great like story, but why does that explain Christmas trees are in our house? That's that's where it got me. It's like, yeah, I can see like some of the connections you're trying to make, but it doesn't show like you know, I don't think the I mean, I don't think the tree is like the is a Christian thing. I don't know where the tree comes from, but it's you know, it's like it's he just tries to justify every single thing about Christmas to be a Christian thing. And that's not, you know, I don't think it's a bad thing if we can't do that. It's almost as if he's trying to put a square into a round hole. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, if yeah. you really, really try, you can pound it in there. But, yeah. like, why? Yeah. You don't have to. For sure. You know, some things can just be yeah. Christmas. Not everything has to be so significant. It's just like. You know, but and at the at the end of the day, you know, like the the whole thing with like Christians is, you know, the fruit of the spirit is joy, you know, and like the spirit of Christmas, we like to think of as joy, and I I don't think that any joy that comes from a means that was not wicked before. In other words, you can be happy because you just stole a thousand dollars, right? And that's joy, you know, joyful, but that wouldn't be right righteous joy. So I think. Most of the things that we have built around Christmas are good. They come from a good place and are joyful from a pure means. You know, they're not from like, you know, hatred or, you know, whatever you want to say. So I think even though they might not be directly related to like 
Christian holiday, which is we call it Christmas because it was, you know, represents the birth of Christ. So it is a religious holiday. But at the same time, you know, it, it, it still brings us joy. It brings us happiness. And, you know, if we take the responsibility as Christians to uh, enable us, you know, to be reminded of where that joy comes from, then the holiday starts to become more of a, a belief instead of just something like a habit. You know what I mean? Because there's a difference between something that you habitually do and something that is like means something to you so you do it over and over again right so then we move from that uh cinematic scene to the one i thought funny part of the movie there was one part that it actually made me laugh and it was when he started bringing up and i'm ashamed that this stupid movie made me laugh if we're being honest but he brought up uh santa and he's like all right what's what's up santa claus he's not in the bible and he said it was like Santa got in the car with Jesus, kicked Jesus out, and was like, rolling, rolling, rolling. And <laughs> I don't know, the way he said I, that I made that me laugh. like the most awkward part right there. Because it was I like... I it was so st- Well, it was so it obvious. It made me laugh. He, like, it, it was almost like they had that planned out before the rest of the movie. It seemed like he was so excited <laughs> to say that line. And it was like, oh, dude, it's like, it wasn't as good as you thought it was. To me, at least. For sure. I thought it I guess, was the funniest sure. thing in the movie. It. It, it hit with me. I don't know why, but I guess I was just looking for something, some redeeming quality of this movie at this point. Um, but so then they go into the Santa Claus thing. Grayson, do you want to explain what they were saying with the Santa Claus? Yeah, I mean, uh, so the whole thing with the, the Santa Claus thing was Christian, the brother-in-law, his big question about Santa Claus was where in the world is Santa Claus on the Bible? You know? A lot of the stuff that you've explained so far has been, you know, relatable to the Bible, Um, not maybe directly in Scripture, but Santa Claus, I'm sorry to tell you, is nowhere in the Bible. Am I correct to say that? And Kirk says, yeah, but no, like he says with all the answers, and goes on to talk about St. Nicholas, who, um, in according to the movie, um, I didn't research it, uh, you know, like particularly like past yeah me neither (laughs) past what you know was given on screen and you know like wikipedia kind of thing but basically that there was a saint from this part though yeah yeah that that that, that there was a saint and his name was nicholas and that he fought for the so at this time when saint nicholas was i think it was around 300 ad um if i'm not mistaken in my my memory and so this is the time when you know christianity christ had gone and and the apostles had gone at this point, and it was really starting to take hold, you know, and spread around the world and become this, like, doctrine. You know, they were starting to establish, you know, uh, was Jesus actually God in person, you know, or was he just a prophet, you know? So that kind of thing was going on. And so St. Nicholas came along and in the movie was described as this... um, um like he really advocated for the fact that Christ was God in flesh, the deity, and um, accredited to you know to that fighting for the Christian part of it. Aside from that, he was also a very giving person. Um, his family history was that he was gifted with inheritance, and so he was very giving with that. And so that's where the story of the reindeer and the sleigh and the giving to the poor and less fortunate, the homeless, that kind of thing comes into play. And uh, actually, in the movie, um, they talked about um, him uh, being kind of like, uh, what's the word for it? Just very upfront, very bold about uh, Christ being the Son of God against another, I don't remember the guy's name, against another guy to the point that it got physical. And they yeah, denounced that was awesome. him. Yeah, yeah they, they denounced him from being a saint, you know? And then later on, because he was so popular with the people, they were like, you know what? This dude is preaching the same gospel that we believe in, and he's a really giving guy, so let's saint him. And so he became Saint Nicholas and on and on and on. Before you yeah. know it, North Pole Santa Claus and elves and all that good yeah. stuff. The so. best part of that to me was when they were getting ready to go- jump into the cinematic thing. He said, "To let's think of Santa Claus like Lord of the Rings. 
And then it was like the cinematic portion of it was so much cooler because it made it seem like it was this big brooding, like, like hairy Viking dude. And I was yeah. like, yes, they were trying to let's make him go. See very yeah. yeah very like barbaric slash and then when like, he got in the Viking. fight it was yeah. so cool yeah well i have like a, a santa like figure that we set on the fireplace and he's like covered in furs and it reminded me exactly of that thing because he comes out and he's just like you know like he looks like a bear when he like yeah when he shows up but so yeah so that you know like that was i forget it's like the nicene whatever thing so Mm -hmm. what the what i was gonna say that i learned in that part was that santa was there for the formation of the nicene creed which is you know like the thing where like all the churches came together and agreed on the one doctrine so santa Mm -hmm. was a part of that pretty great yeah i thought that was cool too that the fact that you know we think about today churches being so divided you know, as far as doctrine goes, but in reality, like way back then, at some point, they had to unite on something because, you know, the gospel of Christ doesn't change. And if it does change, then it's not, you know, it's not Christianity anymore, right? And yeah. so the fact that, like, Santa Claus, as we know it, who comes through the chimney at night, like, helped push for, you know, the importance of Christ in the whole season, you know. Help me, at least, if it's true. You know, obviously, you can be naive and believe anything when you're watching film. But, you know, I thought that connection was uh, was more strong than some of the looser connections, like the Christmas tree you guys mentioned. And, you know, uh, just, just some of those, you know, some of those other things where it seemed like it might have been on the spot dialogue kind of thing, you know? So, at this point, we wrap up... Uh we wrap up that scene. It's really good. Santa's Christian has, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Christian has a realization Gosh. that, wow, Santa's so cool. Like, like let, let's go Santa Claus. I'm all about Christmas now. Yeah. And they have, at this point, there's like 40 minutes left in the movie or 30 minutes left. And nothing happens like story wise from this point, except yes, for Kirk nothing. basically tells them that they're like, yeah, Kirk basically tells him, he's like, listen, you like your wife's in there. My sister's in there and she is uh, like, they're kind of frustrated with you. Like they're yeah. upset. Like you're kind of ruining Christmas. The only thing you can do is to go in there and be the bigger man and apologize. And Christian's like, yeah, you're right. Or I could get you to do it. No, 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 no. I guess, I guess I need to be the one to do it. And so that was, you know, that was an attempt at comedy, but it was awkward. So how does he, how does he go in there? I'm going to say, what, how does he approach this? What does he do instead? <laughs> yeah. Instead he of, walks in. Instead of what was suggested. He opens the door and, and it just takes it all in. The entire group, there's like 45 people in this building. It there's is not lot. COVID friendly, but luckily this is in 2014. So. Yeah, 2017. But he yeah. walks in and he just runs down the hallway and does a belly slide down the main entrance into Look, the Christmas hey, presents. Can we talk about this belly slide? And that slide? is his big... Yeah. Look, did y'all hear in the sound his stomach scraping the floor? <laughs> Like, I would have thought they would have, like, edited that out so we wouldn't imagine the pain. Because, you know, everybody's played dodgeball, you know, in gym and, like, dove, you know, dove to get out of the way. And, you you know, that you don't have a shirt covering that skin and you got, you know, you got gym burn, you got floor burn. And that's all I could think of when he was sliding across that floor was, oh, my gosh, this dude has definitely had, like, some kind of bruise or something. <laughs> and then on the slide, too. It was. And well, then, I mean, it was it, slow it was, motion, but it was definitely a long slide. And he ran into the presence. Well, it was another yeah, I'm timing talking, thing. I'm talking distance, not like length. You know, like oh yeah, 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 he yeah. slid the, the whole length of the room. <laughs> well, I'm talking length. It was such a long slow motion slide. Like, let's again. Why do we have to make this 40 minutes long? Like, do you yeah. have a, a time limit you're trying to reach? Uh, but then, probably, so we go there. Probably with and the then, what does Liberty he do? University. He slides into this Christmas, uh, into the Christmas tree area, the presents, and then you hear Kirk Cameron's God voice come up. His, his narration comes up, and he wants to talk about this is the biggest stretch in the entire thing. He wants to talk about how the presents underneath the tree are like a city skyline, and they represent Jerusalem. And what's in the middle Dude. of the Jerusalem? It is the, the the tree, the tree that you lay your presents under. That's the tree of life. 
No way. Get out of okay. here. Okay. All right. Time out. Time out. Now, I do think that that was a big stretch in film, but now my dad is a huge, like he's, he's a huge Bible fanatic, studied it his entire life. He just loves it. And a lot of people believe that once like you get to eternity, like in heaven, that like everything just goes away and you just exist. But that's not true. Like there's scripture talking about how like the new Jerusalem will have a tree and we will have to like take of it to still continue to have eternal life. And so the fact that like there is a tree in the center of the city of Jerusalem, like the new Jerusalem that that God's going to build to like restore everything to fulfill us like day by day, just like we are now, I don't think it's that far of a stretch. You know, but the presence, like the whole like architecture, yeah, the they presence did, are my issue. That was the issue with me too, because the whole theology behind it, I could get behind loosely. I don't know how strongly I believe it because I haven't studied it enough, but definitely the presence under the tree and drawing, you know, the whole little like outline they did was a stretch for me. Yeah. Well, the big thing to me, the thing, this was the greatest revelation that I took from the movie was when he was, it was still about presence, but it was way better than the city skyline thing. He says that, uh, he says that the gift of our salvation was given to us at the base of a tree, the cross. So when you, you get your presence on Christmas day, remind yourself that the biggest gift you've ever gotten was Jesus dying on the cross. Yeah. That's cute. I like yeah. that. That's yeah, for sure. that's a great message. Right. Cool. For sure. Especially drawing and in then, with, the, with the Christmas tree, you know, like the whole, you know, just yeah, yeah. And Which then is a, is a secular the, thing, you know. Then we get to the worst part of the movie, and I know you're thinking like <laughs> the worst part of the movie. Whoa, is it possible? He goes over to apologize to his wife. And, you know, he's like, sorry for ruining Christmas. And then it freezes. And Kirk Cameron comes on and like, and what do you think will happen next? You'd think that it's this big, dramatic kiss. And they finally make up. That's not how it works here. And then it unpauses. And he's like, and so to show my uh, my sorriness, I have arranged a whole 10-minute hip-hop ensemble. It's just a dance. <laughs> <laughs> and the last 10 minutes is so bad because it's 10 minutes yeah, of just so random long. people dancing. Just dancing, yeah. And it's like Because that's Christmas it, right there. Yeah, and it's yeah. like Christmas music, but it's like it's like okay, we put a we put a 2 and a 4, you know, a, a backbeat on it. And so it's like this Christmas yeah, it was so repetitive. Will be yeah. You know. It's a, yeah, exactly. Hip hop yeah. angels we have heard on high and that's what it dude, was. It was yep. Yeah. And wow. then just to wrap it all up, because there's really just not anything else to say. Yeah, but say um, it's about the movie. <laughs> I do want to go back and hit and, this one part that I didn't that I thought was okay. insane. Well, one but, let me let me just yeah, wrap up everything. F- at the up, last then. thing, the narration he says, it's right that our life is filled with material things. I thought that was weird. He was trying to make a point where like material things are good, you know, because they remind us of Jesus's blessings. That's great. But like, I don't know, that's probably not the, it's like, that's not the message you were going with this whole movie. Don't make a, like a 180. And then I also thought the end credit scenes, I don't even know. I feel like if you guys watch the movie, you might've clicked off for the end credit scenes. Cause I was ready to click off. I was like, thank goodness it's over End scenes go. But then they had a bunch of bloopers at the end. And some of them were really good. Some of them were funny. And yeah. I was like, okay. And beatboxing and the was my vi- favorite. Oh, it was so stupid. I hated that so much. But it was funny. It was so it was natural. Like it was minutes. like something we would do. It was something it we was would do, It was three minutes of this dude. And it... Yeah, no, it absolutely is. But we're not professional movie makers. <laughs> Neither <laughs> so are they. Just, Neither oh. are they. Liberty University. That's true. That's true. Yeah. The only the only professional part about that movie was obviously the camera like had like decent picture and the editor was able to keep things, you know, you know, in line. But the only like professional thing about that was Kirk Cameron. The music was, the music was good too. Dude. It wasn't bad. Stephen but Chris it was Chapman, Kirk Cameron. Best part of the mo- like, movie. Kirk Kirk Cameron was the sole like marketing piece of that movie for sure <laughs> wait was steven curtis chapman in this no he had a song in it though oh yeah. did he i didn't yeah, even notice. I didn't notice either no yeah he's saying um That's funny you would yeah, of course he's saying uh christmas time again but steven curtis uh, chapman's my like 
if he might be Your my idol. favorite Christmas, he might have the my favorite Christmas album. So it's like, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna know. Well, is that what you wanted that. to go back yeah. and touch on? What? Or was no, there something I was else? Yeah, what what do you have how, to talk about? I, w- you know, well, at one point when they're talking about the the you know nativity scene, he's like, well, why don't we put nutcrackers in the nativity scene to act as Herod's soldiers? The soldiers. I didn't like that. Now, yeah, I was like, that's such an interesting oh, thing yeah. to be like, hey, let's let's take this, you know, this. Like terrible thing, right? <laughs> yeah, let's take this terrible thing. But you know, it's like a nutcracker is not a terrible thing. You know, a nutcracker was a useful like artwork thing. And he's like, well, the let's, nutcracker let's is a ballet. This. I know yeah, it's well, a ballet, nut- and it's it's that a practical was so silly thing, to me. right? Like well, you I eat know, nuts but, like, at Christmas. The actual Chestnuts. nutcrackers. He's like, let's take actual nutcrackers and put them in the nativity scene to represent the baby killers. It was like, what the heck? <laughs> What's the point of that? Well, I had baby killers up for Christmas. Yeah, I, I thought well, that same thing. That, that design of the Nutcrackers is from the Nutcracker ballet. Like it was created yeah. by that ballet. Oh, really? So the fact that it, the fact that they're like putting it on there, yeah, like in, it's in they're the, trying to make it more than the ballet. Like it's well, already something ballet, Christmas related. In the ballet, the Nutcracker's the good guy, right? Yeah. So it's like it's it, was, it was so bizarre to me. That's very loose but then, connection. Then there was another thing where he was saying um, how we give gifts because Jesus became a material part of the world, and therefore we can exchange materialism through gift giving. You know, and it's like, yeah. what a like I thought that was a stretch, and there's such an easy Christian answer right in front of him that he didn't go for. You know, it's like the wise men came and gave gifts to Jesus on his birthday. It's like, why did you yeah. not say that? It's like, yeah. that's that it would be so easy to understand. Look, they gave presents on Christmas, Jesus's birthday. So let's also do the same. You know, it was well, like, so what the heck? The last yeah. thing that I had to say about this movie, I, I had a big old long list and uh, obviously lots of stuff. The funniest thing about this movie is obviously it had bad ratings and, and you know, we're about to go on and we're moving. We'll guess who the imposter is and everything. Funniest thing, bad ratings. Kirk Cameron comes out once it, it starts to have bad ratings. And his, his claim is that it has bad ratings because of the atheists. <laughs> atheists are the reason that this movie is bad. Like that's the only reason it has bad ratings. Uh, I thought that was hilarious. Yeah, that is kind of, it is kind of funny. Like, yeah, we totally, yeah, we hate the movie and we're not atheists. So, and I don't even hate the movie a lot, but like, I see why it would be zero stars. Yeah, no, I didn't hate the movie either, especially being a Christian. Like, I agreed with a lot, you know, like, you just appreciate the, you know, when people connect secularism to like Christianity, because you're like, you know, the whole reason we actually, like, if you truly feel a joy that lasts longer than, you know, 30 minutes to an hour it's at least for me like it's usually because i have hope for the future not because i'm getting presents on christmas day right you know so like i really appreciated the sentiment behind that being a christian but you know like you said from a non-christian perspective and even just taking like secularism versus religion out of the the picture and just looking at the picture you know, a lot of the elements were just, you know, not there. And the fact that he would make that claim is definitely, you know, kind of sad since he knows the industry, you know, he's been in it for quite a, you know, quite amount of time now. I've seen him in and out of movies for years. So I think that wraps up everything that I have to say about the movie. Is there anything else or do we want to move on to guessing and discussing like our suspicion before we reveal everything. I want us to tell like who we're suspicious of and everything. Are we good to go with that? Yeah, I'm good to go. All right. I'm going to take that as a yes. Yeah. So, all right. So who are we thinking imposter wise? I feel like I did a good job of saying, explaining why I knew it, but I was also reading from notes and stuff. Maybe I looked up like Wikipedia articles. I don't know. Here, let me Um, go first. Who do you guys think is the most suspicious? I really don't know for, for you. It's like, you did know lots of like background information on the movie. So that makes me think that you looked Mm -hmm. it up instead of like just watching the movie because you knew 
that Kirk Cameron had that thing about saying the atheist did this. You knew like that. But then you also knew like Oh, I definitely yeah, checked yeah, okay. out the wiki. But then you also knew like really you know, like specific little pinpoints from the movie. And so I don't know if yeah, if you sneaky. are just like somehow latched onto those and were like, I'm going to bring these up just to say that so that we think yeah. that you watched the movie. So, so to, yeah, that's yeah, the way to do so it. That's a little suspicious to me, but for, for Grayson, it's like he's Grayson was always almost defending every standpoint. So that could either mean like mm-hmm. Grayson didn't know what, what he was talking about. Or, or like Kirk Cameron was talking about, or that Grayson actually like did justify all of those, you know, little meanings behind everything. That's Which, this is a, this is a good podcast idea because I, I like this Ben. Good job, thank you. Because yeah. I you. think both of those are valid, like interesting things to for sure. Yeah, to, and to they both ascertain like what your you're going to guess. Like if you guys. You know, if Ben was the mafia, he would totally look for specific little things to bring up to be like, see, I watched the movie. And yeah. Grayson would just be like stubborn the whole time being like, oh, no, no, no. He it was it was better than I thought it was. <laughs> just Dude, that's well, Grayson, Grayson give your. All right. So my immediate or two, my immediate analysis was that. I agree with all that Tell said about Ben, that he's going to come in well rehearsed regardless if he's seen the movie or not. The biggest indicator for me, and the reason why I'm going to guess what I'm going to guess, is Tell recalled a specific song in the movie, which means he probably was watching it and was paying attention just enough because it was not that great of a movie to sit through if you actually watched it. (laughs) And was like, oh my God, that's Stephen Curtis Chapman. And so for that reason, I would guess Ben is the imposter and that Tell did watch the movie because I don't think Tell would have researched enough into it to guess Stephen Curtis Chapman had a song in it because I okay. didn't even notice that. So that's my let stance. Let me go on. on let me okay. share yeah. my yeah, thoughts. You, you're, share your thoughts. Please. I think there's a greater than zero chance that both of you didn't watch this movie. <laughs> I think that if Tell got a signed imposter, he didn't watch it. And if Grayson was a little irresponsible and got busy and didn't watch it. That I think there's a greater than zero chance that it didn't. But obviously I have to vote for one of you. So I'm going to say my my reasons for both. Tell I think could totally look on the Wikipedia you know Tell, first thing he's going to do is go on the Wikipedia list, uh, the song list and like check out like what kind of music is it? Stephen Curtis Chapman, like he's going to zone in on that obviously if it's on the wiki. And I just feel like I don't think Tell had many was it specific. On the, you said you went and looked at the wiki. Was, did they have the song list on the wiki? Well, I don't. I didn't pay attention. I didn't go to the song list if it existed. That wasn't. I was more focused on the storyline. What? So, so that's my thing. Tell. I feel like was weird because going into it, I was thinking like I think Tell's the imposter. I just think the way. I just. I just think you know he's the imposter. But then he he did have some good points to bring up i don't think he he brought up the main point the main point of the christmas tree one that he he did a good job sharing it but i don't think he brought up the like to me the main point was the adam and eve application and i don't think he brought that up um which i thought that was a little sus and i just think he was very agreeative to me and and tells never agreeing with me so i'm kind of like like maybe that's a good that's a good point though that's a good point though i like that i like and then grayson was very not specific on the first two like uh, cinematic examples that we had. He was very not specific. Um, we did mention the cave thing, and that's a big deal because they never mention a cave in any other story, and they totally did have baby Jesus in a cave and not a stable, you know? Right. So that... And then... uh. But yeah, Grayson did a good job in this the second half of the podcast, I'd say, when he he wanted to talk about the St. Nick stuff. He did a really good job of going in the specifics of St. Nick. I didn't go too far into what the wiki said and how specific they went in that. So maybe it went hard. I just think my biggest thing with Tell is he would have zoned in on the Lord of the Rings thing. 
if he was listening to this, he would have zoned in on the fact that he said, you know, Santa Claus, compare it to Lord of the Rings. And Tell would have brought that and would have thought it was great. But he wasn't the one that brought it. And I even held on to that a little bit to see if he was gonna if he was gonna bring that up. So that, that's a good that's strategy though. That's a good strategy. Yeah. No Intel. I wouldn't have I wouldn't have brought that to the table. So I like that. All right. So um, what's the next step? Are we revealing? Are we gonna keep discussing? What's up? Yeah, I think I think if does anybody else have any like arguments like tell or Grayson, do you want to plead against nah, anything that I just accused? I, I, I'm I'm good. Yeah, I guess tell we you can just go into it. Yeah, sure. All right, so let's go ahead and say what's the best way to reveal who's who's not the imposter, who's well, the imposter. So like, did we we didn't did we didn't point out? So who do we think is it? Like, do you have a oh, specific yeah. person? My specific vote is tell. Okay. Just off Grace, of Grace yeah, my, my specific vote is is Ben. Okay. See, I cool. I think I'm I'm think I'm gonna go with Ben just because of the because of the specific things fool. that he has. You're a fool. And then that Grayson knew the um the cave thing. Like that's a like I don't see how you could get that without watching the movie. Because yeah. that's that wouldn't I be. I feel like in if you watch a trailer, thing. you saw the cave. Well, that was the Stevie Curtis Chapman thing. Like, if you didn't watch it, you know, how would you notice that? But if if the cave's in maybe the trailer, the trailer like, has Stephen Curtis that you're Chapman looking at the nativity scene, I feel like yeah. you didn't. You know, yeah, that's that's true. That's true. All right. I don't know. I feel like ben, Grayson. Well, there's a good chance that the trailer has Stephen Curtis Chapman in it. Well, yeah, and that's how he knows. I mean, I agree with that. I'm, but I, I, I know it's no- not me. Y'all do whatever you want. I didn't notice that though. So, all right. Yeah. Well, we've said our piece. How are we? Revealing? All right. So that's wait. Hold on. So two votes on me. Y'all both think it's me, even though I did a great job stepping us through this podcast. And then I think it's Tell. So okay. So yeah, you got uh, two I'll, on Ben, one on Tell. Okay. Do we want me to reveal first? And yeah, you, you reveal first and tell yeah, reveals and I'll reveal. You, we're suspicious yeah. of you. Yeah, Ben, I tell me. I am not the imposter. You guys are the worst. You're bad. I don't know what to tell you. It's not me. I Dang. bet it's both of you. I tell. bet it's both of you. Tell. How did yeah, you do it? How did you movie. do it? How did, Stephen Curtis. <laughs> Literally, I watched. Ca- I watched. Or you I noticed listened, it in the freaking no, trailer, I read the Wikipedia you? article. It did list out all the songs. And then I watched, or I went on the IMDb page and looked at pictures from the movie. That's how I knew about his red shirt, the red, oh, couch, the red thing. That's how yeah. I knew about the cave nativity thing. Dang so it. you can just look at it and know that that's the nativity. Uh, see, I thought Ben was more vague than you were, but the Stephen Curtis Chapman song sold me so hard on it. I had to guess. I had to guess. I don't know how well, on you. earth I could be more specific. I yeah. went through every no, single ben, scene of this play. But see, Ben, I know. Oh, yeah, I know specific. how. But you were so vigilant. Like I knew that in your research, especially this being your idea, a very good idea. I've loved this podcast. That you would research it so in depth that we would not get you, you know, because you don't want to be gotten. So yeah. that's why I went with you because I was like, tell, 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 like Stephen Curtis Chapman, you know, he's going to want to shout him out, you know? Great. So, tell. If you had heard that Lord of the Rings thing, oh, you yes. totally would have mentioned it. Yeah, I would have. I was very scared of that. Hey, yeah. I mean, one of the things tell. that I was really nervous about was that if it were me and I was the one that had watched the movie, I might have tried to throw in like a faked, oh, do you remember this scene that didn't happen? And then if somebody said, yeah, yeah, I remember that. So oh, when you said the Lord of the Rings dude, thing, yes, I thought you right. might have been trying to pull me into, oh, do you remember That's when a they good strategy. Lord of the Rings? Dude, so I, I didn't even think quiet. about that. I should have so thought I 100, about that. I 100,000% want to do that again. And I think this this idea can develop with time yeah, where we'll get sure. like better at yeah. it. Well, well, was, if we do movies about that the entire time. Well, if we about do movies, you guys saying something fake to try to get the imposter to come up. Yeah, so if we do hold on. things that more people would know, you know, like this movie, I had yeah. never, I would have no idea well, existed if you guys didn't say. So yeah. you know, I, I definitely. Think it, I think this has platform. appeal as the worst Christmas movie ever. Yeah, yeah. You know what yeah. I, mean? I think it's fun that we did bad. it for a terrible movie, but I think it would also would be really interesting if we could do it for like a fantastically rated movie that none yeah, of us have me seen. too. Because then a lot of yeah. the listeners have probably seen it, and they would also be able to play along better than they could with this one. Exactly. Yeah. But I honestly think, 
coming away from the movie now that y'all know that I've seen it, I almost recommend people to watch it. No. Because it's such well, a especially interesting like, movie. Especially so, Christian. Did you watch like, it? Yeah, oh yeah, I watched it. Okay. It was terrible. <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> no, it was, it was really like literally I watched it this afternoon after I took my exam and Me I was too. like I was like well, I was like finding myself on my phone. And I'm usually yeah. the type where I'll put my phone up so I can watch a movie because I'm like, I'm either going to be on my phone or I'm going to watch a movie, you know, like why I'd be halfway in between. But it was one of those movies I, that like just could not keep my attention. So I was like, I took my notes phone. to help with that. So yeah. I have a long list of notes. I guess that's something well, that we can like adapt and change yeah. as we well, move through the this reason idea. why I was able to give so much detail about like certain scenes was those were the ones with that like caught my attention, you know, especially the St. Nicholas you yeah. know so but I well, think and this I even, a- as as the person that was kind of leading the story i even gave y'all like assignments because i was like i want to see if tell can talk about this yeah but i also did it in a way that wasn't going to give it up like i knew tell knew a little bit about the trees so i didn't want to give it up 100 percent because that's not fun so i was like tell tell me about the trees that's what's next because yeah. i knew maybe you wouldn't get the order if you weren't it and i didn't want to make it like super not fun and then right. with grayson i said like tell us about santa claus and and that kind no, of no you it was a great yeah, job of leading of g- going through the story and evaluating each of our knowledge you know on yeah. the story the plot you know the visual aspects all that you know so i think and this was really fun podcast Definitely i think, want to do it again i think you guys are right on how i would approach this as a mafia but i got i want you guys to be ready some one podcast i might come with like hardly any preparation and i might not be the mafia so i'm gonna try to adapt yeah, my well. style to trick you guys up. Yeah, so, do it. And I think that's what well, we all should do. Hey, like, we can, you know, like that, I got that, Grayson's vote onto you. So I feel like I did a pretty good job. But, yeah, yeah. I, I guess. And the strategy. I don't know how you get you like know? a winner from this unless it's like a for sure thing. Like I think right. me and tell tied in this. If, if we like count, you yeah, know, cause I think I get it, a point, but I also deflected yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But so Grayson didn't win. That's what we know. But that's fine. You got next round, which is ne- next time, right. which will be fun. I um, saw the movie though. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you did. I was I was gonna be sadly pretty mad if Christmas neither of you saved. watched the movie. But I am like, also glad made our way through it. <laughs> I'm also uh, glad that I uh, that I got I wasn't mafia this time because I think I I did a good job. Next time, you guys will know like what to expect and how to work through the movie like to talk about it so say i'm mafia next time i won't have to lead it around because you guys will have gone through it and know what to expect yeah you know and i also think this is the perfect thing where if we want to bring a guest on the podcast this is the podcast we bring a guest on yeah because it's a fun it's even more fun with more people yeah i think the more people the best yeah if we especially if we did like a good movie to review that none of us have seen and we bring somebody on that has seen that movie Mm-hmm. And it's like yeah. a big fan of it. That would like be a big fan. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it would be like a biased situation, which would, would, would right. just make it more yeah. interesting to talk about. So we know he's got it, but one of the three of us doesn't. Yeah, is that, the that's the mystery so that's and help the and the listening because, point. Yeah, it's yeah, the yeah. listening because point. They could just agree with everything that person's it, saying. Exactly. Yeah. So it's all about strategy, which you know just makes it a fun little game. You know, listening point. All right. Well, I think that's going to wrap up the podcast for this episode. Honestly, one of my favorite podcasts we've we've ever done. It was a lot of fun. fun, I think this idea has a lot of potential for us to continue doing and it's repetitive. We can do it. Christmas in the background, you know, it's it's the season to be happy and joyful. And uh, if you are the one to believe in the uh, real reason for the Christmas season, then uh, continue to do so. And if not, uh, email us at Dumb Thick Podcast. We'd love to share with you uh, about why Christmas is so joyful, uh, besides all the lights and Christmas trees and presents and Black Friday and all that. So, yeah. Be sure and leave us a review on uh, Apple Podcasts. Uh, that really helps us get our name out there. Share it with a friend. Do whatever you want to do. Follow us. I think yeah. we might have an Instagram yeah. coming out soon. Yeah, do we, we want to share that it now. Last time, um, I. I, I started making it um, with Joe tonight, um, so I would think that it should be, you know, up and running by the time this podcast releases. This one comes out? Yeah. yeah so, go look for it. Um, you know, we'll probably have a post about this podcast. 
you know so like that post or is it at dumb thick yeah, pod? it's a at dumb thick podcast so it's huh. it's the same okay. as our as our email account it's dumb thick with two c's podcast and that's it is that podcast so. with the t and the s at the end like as in multiple podcasts no, no. just one podcast no okay. just one just want to let and that's the same thing for the gmail right <laughs> yeah Dumb Thick Podcast yes. as one all podcast. Right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, all, right. all this information should also be in, you know, if you're looking at Spotify, it'll notes. be in the description of Spotify's. Um, yeah. pro- probably it's the same with Apple Podcasts. I don't have an yeah. iPhone. It okay. is. So it's in it the is. description as well. All right. Good deal. So thank you guys so much for listening. Also, feel free to reach out on those uh, platforms. Maybe tell us another uh, movie that you'd like to see us watch like this one. If you don't think we've seen it, if there's a good one, if there's a really bad one you think we could watch, uh, we can go through it. Thank you guys for listening to the podcast. We'll see you in the next one. Goodbye. Get out of here, Kirk. I mean, I mean, Craig. <laughs> <laughs>